the weekly sparkly burlesque podcast about two black showgirls living, loving, and training in San Diego from an unapologetically black femme perspective. I am Sepia Jewel, the seductress of slay. And I am Torlisha Divine, the black bold goddess. Thank you all so much for accepting our invitation to dine and dish with us. Now, grab a plate and have a seat at the table because you're about to get served. I don't get cute. I get drop dead gorgeous. Alyssa Edwards. Yes. 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 What's up, you guys? Hello. Hello. We have the amazing Lily Holiday with us today. She is the mother of the house of Pink Boombox. <laughs> and um, just an all- The house all, that Boom built. The house that Boom built. There you go. <laughs> and um, she is also the best beat face in town. So um, what better person to have with us today on our Wake Up, Make Up, Slay, Repeat episode. Where we're going to be talking to you all about how to beat your face for the stage because stage beat, street beat, Two different things. So I um, want to make sure that you don't have questionable eyebrows that will distract people from your performance because it doesn't matter how many rhinestones you're wearing. If your eyebrows Where are, are they? right, Where are your eyebrows? Right, right, right. There's that. Why is powder on stage? I, I, I. So See? there's that. And See? this is why she's here because the shade is real and the knowledge is real. And that's what we like. So, <laughs> um, so we are going to just flow on ahead into our sparkle and shine as we always do to get things started. My sparkle and shine is my friend Bobby Chambers, or as some other people know him, Robert Chambers, um, that I have danced in different performances that he's put on. My daughter danced in his dance company, and with him going through school to get his master's, um, I... He forced me to be in different uh, <laughs> plays and scenes and stuff. And a lot of times it was it was for the good. So the last four years, I've been performing um, one of the monologues from For Color Girls with him. And he picked different ones that pertain to each person kind of, and what they were going through. So mine is the world, and he has helped me just to stay out of that dark world. Mm -hmm. So I I kind of, I mean, we've been family for a long time, so I just want to give him a shout out that I appreciate him. Sparkle and Shine goes out to the amazing singer, songwriter, pianist, activist, arranger, uh, civil rights movement extraordinaire, Nina Simone. Uh, She just had a birthday on the 21st of February. Uh, Nina is one of my inspirations in life. Her music has kind of been a soundtrack to my life from the time I was a teenager. So um, I just wanted to give... Shout out, pay homage, pour libations to one of the ancestors because um, I don't know where I would be without her voice. It was definitely a refuge for me when I was feeling like, you know, nobody understood my little militant ass. (laughs) 
I could always go listen to Nina and find a refuge. So um, thank you, Madam Simone, for, for all of your influence and for all of your music and for all of your activism. My sparkle and shine goes out to Shannon Doa, who is one of the burlesque legends. Um, she, like, every time, like, I see her, we always talk about, like, like, oh, back in my day when, like, we were, we were both club workers, and I feel like she's kind of cemented it in for me that, like, I'm kind of on the right track with, like, what I'm doing. And my other sparkle and shine moment goes up to my uh, drag family, the Family Jewels and uh, Casey Vixen style, which is I feel like is a part of my drag family because um, they're always kind of like if if ever I'm out of fucking line, they're going to be the ones to be like, oh, OK, so you're comfortable today. Oh, OK. So <laughs> I didn't know we were lounging today. So they're always consistently stepping on my pussy game. So I mean, step your pussy up. T.S. Madison. Amen. (laughs) So, you know, I always have to have some inspiration or some story or whatever. And (laughs) I'm going to put your face on the front of a golden book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my my inspiration about my sepia sleigh um, came from Bo Vixen. And she posted... um, something on social media on Instagram and it said social media is training us to compare our lives instead of appreciation appreciating everything we are no wonder why everyone is always depressed when people tell me on my artist page at Bo Vixen that they wish they had my life I do have an amazing life but those are just the highlights everyone has hardships and we all struggle in our own way Remember that and love yourself. And when you are down to something for yourself and focus on your goals instead of putting energy into the negative. Um, And then she wishes peace, love and positive vibes. So I thought about that and that like it's it's part of human nature to compare yourself to others and compare, oh, well, this meat, even, even food, just to compare anything. This meat is better than this meat or whatever. Um, but a lot of times when we're comparing stuff about ourselves, where with others, where we're comparing our worst with their best and we're not being fair to ourselves yeah like the keeping up yeah yeah and and that that takes that takes some of your joy it's comparing everyone's highlight reel to your behind the scenes yeah like that's what if you're comparing yourself to somebody's like social media you're comparing their highlight reel the best of their best to like your worst Sometimes, like I said, it's human nature. Sometimes we can't help it. But try to, whenever possible, compare yourself to yourself. Your progress. Or when you do compare, think about the positive things of you and the positive things of someone else. Because those unique things about you are what make you, you. I also think there is something said for comparing yourself to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I have a very 
um, malignant perfectionist streak. And I call it a malignancy because it is, um, it is very destructive. And I don't expect anybody else to be perfect, but I have to be. And that's just it. Yeah. So, um, it bleeds out into weird things. It does. And then also when other people compare me to other people, it's also very problematic for me. And I've had recently, I don't know what's in the air or what's in the water. I've had a lot of instances where I've had that happen and it's infuriating for me. It's, and comparing you to other people? Yeah. I don't like it. I feel like there's a lot of, um, especially in niche things, comparing other people to different people. And I feel like, again, the highlight reel, like I feel like I give away too much of my backstage, mm-hmm. my, my behind the scenes and not enough highlight reel. Because my highlight reel to me is just a job. Like my behind the scenes is what's consistently changing. Like, so I, that's something that I have to function with. Cause yeah. like, again, I'm a, I'm a performer every day. Like, I'm just like, Oh, here's me on stage again. Like to me, that's boring. Right. But to other people, like that's, that's kind of what they want to see. Dumbass. You're an yeah. entertainer. Like yeah. <laughs> people might be interested in it, but like things that you might consider boring are other people's like things they want to see. You know what I mean? I also yeah. guess I just think I haven't been around long enough to be, Compared to anyone else, I don't even know who Twirlisha is fully yet. For I understand that, but I hate when people. Okay, this is my personal pet. Yeah. I don't know why it's pet peeve. People talk about. Their pet I'm just like, like, and it's really fucking weird to me. Like, but they people, have to be separate. I can't live my whole life with, like that. No. And the reason is because I have to compartmentalize certain things. I can't be that vulnerable and I can't be that open and I can't be that version of myself right. in every situation Ask in my world. Right. Yeah. So that's why I have to separate them. Like for my own mental health, it needs to be compartmentalized. Yeah. So, and I'm still, I yeah. so I'm still developing that ability to be yeah. that open, that vulnerable. I'm still coming yeah. to a place where I fully understand what that means in this context because it's different. Burlesque is not yeah. the same as any other types of performance that no, I've not. done. It's and I, it's way more personal. And I, right. And so for me, it's a lot more, it cracks the chest open. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a different kind of vulnerability. It's a different kind of performance. It's a different kind of art. That's actually one of the things that Catherine Delish talked about. Catherine Delish, I don't know a lot of people know this, but she started at Lay Girls. Uh, Dita started at Captain Creams in OC. And if anybody doesn't know what the Captain Creams is or Lay Girls, they're all titty bars. They're all swinging around a brass pole, Mm -hmm. fucking bikini titty bars. Mm -hmm. So, like, this girl came in, she's like, What is the meaning of burlesque? And Catherine Delish was like, There isn't any meaning to burlesque. (laughs) Like, she just started cracking up. So, like, when, you know, when somebody of that level and of that caliber kind of, like, no, there is no, you know, what it is is burlesque is being vulnerable and completely you on stage. Right. And being able to take that into other parts of your life is 
kind of a no-go. Yeah. You can't go to the fucking grocery store vulnerable. No. You're a woman. Like, for God's sake. And a black woman. You're a black woman, for God's <laughs> sake. You can't run to the grocery store all vulnerable and open. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not a thing. Yeah. You know, but. And also, again, being able to be 100% yourself. Even when I was dancing for dance companies, I was maintaining a character that was choreographed for me. Now, yeah. was I present in that? Absolutely. But this is all me. And there is a certain level of me being very protective of my core self because... As you should be. Right. I I feel like there's there's a bit of being vulnerable and open versus why are you giving everything away? It's supposed to be a tease in the fucking first place. Right. But even to be able to be in a place where I am that open with my body and presenting it in that way publicly, that's triggering for me because of the relationship that I've had with my body over the years. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of risks and there are, there's a lot of healing within it. I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't. I don't see this as being some silly little hobby that I'm doing. I see this as something that I take seriously as an art form. So I'm not, and again, I get it. Like burlesque has no meaning. What really does have meaning, right? If you want to get existential about it, right? Well, here's my thing. There's like a lot of gatekeepy shit, yeah, which just does not happen with predominantly male art form. Like I'm gonna say it right now. We have to stop giving shit to white dudes. Stop giving shit. Stop letting white dudes gatekeep shit because they're better at talking. You owners, stop giving shit to white. Because they're better at, like, the supposed finances of it. Like, I can count on, like, one hand. And it's two fucking fingers of the dudes that I trust in the burlesque community. Like, at large. Like, it's like Johnny Pork Pie and Jim Sweeney. It's just like, name some other ones. It's like, well, they're boyless dancers. They're not, like, necessarily producers. Right. There's a producer being sued in New York right now. Mm. Like... He subpoenaed a girl on stage. And you're talking about being vulnerable. Yeah. Like, she was so vulnerable. She was on stage. And that is such a violation. That like, is- And it was a purposeful violation. Like, how the... How very fucking... If I want to be subpoenaed, though, I do want it to be in pasty. Right. Well, if anybody's trying to sue me, I said it here and now... <laughs> <laughs> This week's Burly Biz of the Week is Vixen Photography. Vixen Photography is run by Scott Stahl. He paints owls. I didn't know that. You've never seen his owl paintings? No. That was his profile pic for like 18 years. I was not even paying attention to that. I was looking at all the hot bitches. Well, yeah. there are tons yes. of hot bitches. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Vixen Photography is San Diego's sexiest boudoir and pinup photography company. They specialize in tasteful, sexy, intimate, playful, glamorous, erotic photography. Scott is creative and he loves to bring out the inner Vixen in everyone. They'll make you feel comfortable and fabulous while striking sexy poses during their shoot. Uh, Kixie Galore, who is a burlesque performer, she is Scott's wife. She's like his pose magician. <laughs> like she knows how to pose women to make them look fantastic. So uh, you get to shoot with an amazing photographer and then also have a burlesque performer that knows the body because Kixie's a fantastic dancer 
as well. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. They offer top-notch professional prints, books, albums, and finished photos. They also do everything digitally. I had a shoot there and it was amazing. My face was beat for the gods. The lighting was fantastic. The sets were beautiful. He has these fantastic sets with all of this lush looking furniture and background. The sets really make The sets mm-hmm. are fantastic. And he creates and curates all of those things. Like he picks yeah. all the furniture. Like he, he really cares about, you know, making you look fantastic. He does aerial shoots. He does pole shoots. He does shibari shoots. So he runs the gamut. So if you are looking for some amazing boudoir photos or if you're a burlesque performer who's looking for shots to use for promotional materials, fantastic for that. Um, Please get in touch with uh, Vixen Photo. You can go to their website, www.vixenphotography.com. Or you can contact them at 760-840-7760. Their email is xo at vixenphotography.com. So check them out. He runs specials at times. So uh, you might be able to uh, cut yourself a break. But let me just tell you, the photos are worth every dime. Um, I can't wait to get my coins together and go back and (laughs) shoot with Scott. So yeah, reach out to Vixen Photography and get your boudoir on. And his live performance. Oh, that's right. They have fabulous. Yeah, book him for your show, producers. Yeah, some of my favorite ones he has taken. He had one where the article of clothing that I took off was suspended in the air. Yeah, yeah, that was so. I remember that photo. Yeah, he's yes for your live performance shots. You want him? Yeah. So if you're a producer and you're looking for somebody to take some epic shots for your show, you know, book him. Book Vixen. They rock. Next we have CBSOs. Yeah, so we're going to talk about something that if, if you sew, you're going to be like, what the hell is she talking about on this? But if you don't sew and you're beginning sewing... Then we're going to talk about time knots. For those people that don't know that they can go on Google, I need to know how to tie a knot or whatever, and they're sitting there trying to tie the knot with the two strings. That's so adorable. If you do tie... What does that even like? (laughs) Yes. And and especially when you get older and, you know, if you have a hard time threading the needle, you really can't tie that knot. What you can do if you tie, if you do manage to tie a knot while your hands on, just put a little spray check on that and mm. that should help it so that it won't come undone and when right. you're on stage, if you had to hand sew your stuff and all of a sudden your reveal just comes out unexpectedly because your knot came out and your seam oh, yeah, came yeah. out because you hand sewed that and you're not the best at hand sewing a fray check yeah because you can do- there's fray check there's and fray there's check. another one and there's another one i also use that like if i have beaded fringe oh yeah i yeah, put yeah. it on like right at the top i hate sewing i have to do it because i'm you know i have the sewing machine now and but you, you know, need to make whatever you want how do you because i just i don't have the patience for it 
cutting out patterns and things like that. I'm left-handed. Me and scissors are not friends. I make Doc cut everything for me. He's busy sciencing, and I'm like, can you cut this out for me so I can sew these panties? He doesn't always have time for this. You know, I don't like doing it, but if I do have to do it, I'm going to make sure that that shit is not going to come out. Because I'm not doing it again. Yeah, we need to find ways to, if you're not, if you don't like doing because everyone knows I hate rhinestoning. Um, That's the part but I, like. I will sew some beads on right by hand and sit there for hours. But I hate rhinestones. We do. Yeah. I know. But you need Which to find one? you need to find a way to get done what you need done. Yeah, without hating it. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. think I'll start liking it once I get better at it. I think part of not liking something for me, at least, is when I feel like I suck at something. <clears throat> I don't want to do it. Maybe that's me in the right. That's why Torlisha and I switch off on stuff. I will hand sew stuff for her. She will rhinestone stuff for me. And it is a wonderful and then it just, match. Everything and it is so, done. And it looks so beautiful. So then, you know, it's all done. And we're all sparkly. And oh. our costumes aren't falling apart. Oh, you know, so. Like I said, the, the fray check will help you. Even on like the ends of trim, I'll put it on the ends of trim that that will fray. Yeah, and instead of glue, that it it's washable, you know, dry cleanable. Black History Month. Yeah. And even though we know Black History Month is American history and should be every month. And with the big uproar about Black Panther, our Black History person was a Black Panther. Um, Not from the movie. (laughs) Um, She is Elaine Brown. And Elaine Brown rose up in the ranks in the Black Panther organization and later became the first woman to head an organization dominated by men at that time. She chaired the organization from 1974 to 1977. Before gaining the prominent position as chairwoman, she worked as an editor of the party paper. She also helped organize the free breakfast program in Los Angeles. Some of her history is that she attended elementary school in Philadelphia and it was predominantly white. Um, Following the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. um, in the imprisonment of Eldridge Cleaver, Brown attended her first Black Panther meeting. In her memoirs, she describes what it is like to be in the Black Panther Party, which often appealed to young urban Black men and how her membership conflicted with the feminist movement because they didn't really think that, you know, she should have been a Black Panther. Yeah, a lot of the earlier feminists were kind of garbage. Yeah, yeah, they were. black women mm-hmm. and other women mm-hmm. in general. Lane Brown um, has still been in the news. Uh, no. She's 74 now, and recently she won a $3.7 million lawsuit against another Oakland City Councilwoman who she accused of elder abuse and assaulting her at a restaurant. That woman has lived a hard life because there mm-hmm. was so much misogyny. She talks about that, you know, she once was a cocktail waitress at the Pink Pussycat Club in Hollywood. Yeah, but, but, oh. Ah! This, resist, resist, resist. Now, here we are. We're going to move into the PhD in Slayology. 
And this woman is also an OU oh, thought activist. Oh, um, she is. Oh, okay. I stand out for this woman, y'all. This is going to take me a minute because I'm going to have to take several deep breaths while I'm trying to read this. The incredible edible Akinos. Or motherfucking Akinos. Which yes. That's my favorite. Okay, I love that. Just pronouncing her yeah, wrong. I love okay, it. I love so it. Okay. I don't, no, I pronounced her wrong too. So, so yeah. she is the beast of burlesque. Okay. Yeah. And that was a tagline that was given to her by Voodoo Onyx, who is someone else that I fucking stand out for. This is from her website. Okay. And this is why I love her. She's a fucking real one. All right. I am a New York raised stripper. Yes. What? Okay. Featured in nude magazines, music videos, and adult websites since I was 17. I'm a MILF supreme, nappy hair having, 45 inches of ass performing artist. Yes. Okay. All right. I just, I love her. All right. So she has a series on YouTube. I think it's still up there. It's called Horror Logic. Watch it. So, she has also been performing recently with Hoodoo Hussy, whom I love, and yes. I love all of her magical uh, oils and things. Um, she's been featured as our Burly Biz of the Week, and she's fantastic. She's also been performing with CeCe Brown Sugar, again, another phenomenal performer. And they have been doing this trio together, where they are... Just gang, gang down, and they're pasties just doing all of the African dance, and I fucking live for it. These women are giving me life. They are so fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Zoe Rose heard us talking about a diva, so she had to make an entrance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Her Instagram is life. She is life. She is also a member of several different sex worker-ran led organizations. Um, So she's lobbied and New York State against condoms as evidence. Um, she's... Because that's some bullshit. Everybody fucking knows it, okay? So she uh, has made recommendations to humans right, human rights policies at the UN. She works with some organizations that are amazing. The Desiree Alliance, Sex Worker Film and Arts Festival, Best Practices Policy Project, the Red Umbrella Alliance. The list goes on and on. She is just the pent ultimate burlesque performer slash activist slash sex positive slash body positive slash beautiful black woman. And I just, I love her. I just, she just, everything she does speaks to my spirit and makes me smile. So I just want to say that I just appreciate you so much. And I'm just glad that, that you exist and that I've been exposed to you in this burlesque world. Burlesque has brought to my attention some of the most fantastic fucking women. And I'm just so blessed by just being able to witness your experience via social media. So thank you for all of your content. You're fantastic. And I hope I get to meet you one day in person. Love you, girl. Yay! Okay. I've been a huge fan of her. She's so Oh my God. So now we're going to move into our glitter box and we have not one, but two letters from our girl Pearl. So, um, I just would like to say to everyone, um, Pearl cannot keep the fucking inbox afloat. I'm going to need y'all to do better. Okay. That's my cuss out for the day. Moving on. 
we are again, people. Oh, you thought. Because motherfuckers are disrespectful to sex workers. Take your swerf ass somewhere else. Because we're sick of your shit. Okay? Explain what surf, twerk means. Because every time I post it on my page, we're like, what does swerf mean? My goodness, I've never heard that terminology before <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so, swerf is sex worker exclusive radical feminist. Now, I don't know how you are a radical feminist whilst excluding sex workers. What is radical about that? Because you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like patriarchy wrapped in some weird ass idea of what you think feminism is that you're trying to project onto other people. It sounds like Dr. Pepper mixed with flannel shirts. It's dumb. (laughs) You sound crazy. That's what you sound like. Stop it. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because our beloved brick house contributed to an article on in Who's time- dope as fuck and has been at booby trap yes we were there when she was at booby oh, trap oh my god Woo! so she's, she's, a, she's like a force of nature yeah she I don't is. say that lightly she really is so you you all need to read this article at time.com and we'll make sure that i put the link in the show show notes and it talks about how uh sex workers are not being included in the me too movement now this is my issue with this. These are my two main issues with that. Anyone can be sexually assaulted or raped. It doesn't matter what you were doing, what you were wearing, how much you had to drink, whatever drugs you might, none of those things matter. It doesn't matter if you were a sex worker. It doesn't matter if you had made a deal with this person for some consensual sex that you decided to have with this person for payment. If something colors outside of that line and you do not consent to it, then it is sexual assault. Okay. Period. And it is rape period. And I'm story. Okay. You don't get to say that these women don't experience this. And then on top of the fact of people demonizing these women for the work that they do. Why do you think marriage is a thing? Hey, mm-hmm. there's that. Think about that. For, let that soak the fuck in for a second. Mm-hmm. But what you're not going to do is leave these women out of this movement. They are the most vulnerable. Okay. And you don't get to leave the most vulnerable people behind because they don't fit some stupid ass patriarchal narrative that you can't let go of. Because that's what it is. You're holding on to the very thing that fucking enslaves all of us as women by excluding these women. And it's not right. And it's not fair. Okay. None of y'all understand what intersectionality is. You need to fucking figure this shit out, okay? Because if you're going to have a movement that's called Me Too, then you need to include them as well. They're a part of the me. Sex workers are our sisters. Get over your fucking selves and get over your Puritan-ass bullshit sexual ideologies. They're dumb, okay? They're dumb. Let that shit go. That's all. That's, My black that's, ass blush, that's all I got. My black-ass <laughs> blood pressure is elevated. I need the water. But it, it echoes my own experience with um, women that are hobbyists in the burlesque environment. I'm not going to pretend like the women that are producing shows now that are my peers haven't been a part of this swarfy ass fucking narrative. I'm not going to pretend like there aren't girls in the burlesque revival that aren't a part of this swarfy ass narrative. Mm. We need to fucking oust them. Like, I, I get people that have evolved in their beliefs and their alignments and whatever. I get that. I get people evolve. However, these people didn't evolve. They just 
kind of keep in with the instep of like what's okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're still gonna be like, well, having sex for money is wrong, but still being a swinger fucking lifestyle. They're still gonna fucking like be like cool with like dudes saying X, Y, and Z about girls, but still, you know, let dudes run their fucking lives. And still be like, hashtag feminism, hashtag like <laughs> These are the things that, like, blows my mind. As far as sex workers and the Me Too movement, I feel like you actually brought up there is no person better to negotiate consent than a sex worker. Because that is their price point. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. When people shit on housewives a lot of the time, they're shitting on a price point. They're shitting on how dare you put a price point on labor that we expect for free. Yeah. If you can't view childcare as labor, if you can't view fucking as labor, if you can't view emotional support as labor, then what the fuck are you doing as a feminist? That's true. Like, you have to be able to to view these things as viable commodities because everything is a commodity in a capitalistic society. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. Whether we like it or not, as femmes, our bodies are sexualized and, and modified. modified. When they're like, oh, but what about men? What the fuck about men? What the fuck about them? What What about you as a press? So I just want to take a second to read the, the quote that Brickhouse had here. Um, she is a director at the Sex Workers Outreach Program. She said, we've always had to be on our toes. We've always had to watch our backs. Because we have no one but ourselves. And that is a terrible fucking place for those women to be in. We're all in the same fucking boat. We're all suffering under the same bullshit patriarchal system. Like, you don't get to separate them just because you have some stupid patriarchal morality issue with people being sex workers. Guess what? Their work is none of your fucking business and no woman or any other human for that matter deserves to be sexually assaulted. Like talking about that shit fucking irks me to, to no end that we've kind of left sex workers behind. Do you like us? Do you love us? Do you want more of us? You know you do! And we know how you can help us continue serving up all this hot, burly goodness every week. Because we cannot slay on glitter and rhinestones alone! Please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash showgirlsundaydinner if you want to donate monthly. You can support the SGSD crew for only $2 per month. We also accept donations via PayPal at www.paypal.me backslash showgirl sunday dinner please donate to the sparkle and shine fun today we appreciate all your love and support body rolls (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna move into dining dish and today we are discussing Makeup. I need to know how to get my face beat. We want to talk about the face beat, okay? Because you can't be out there just looking like you're going to the supermarket, okay? Street beat, stage beat, two different things, all right? So we brought Lily here because (laughs) her face is always beat for the gods. She, like myself, hangs out with a ton of performers that are also drag artists. 
And if anybody knows anything about stage makeup, the drag queens are where to go. All right. They have their makeup on point at all times. So how did you get to your makeup expertise? Like, how did you learn? What did you do? First of all, I was a gaudy teenager. I did a lot of, um, like, where I just got magazines. Before there was Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. what was that? I always had, a, like, a pension for flair. Because, like, me and my mom would watch, like, old school movies together and things like that. I would find the magazines with, like, the most crazy fucking makeup. And those were always, like, the Asian, like, Lolita magazines that were out. Mm -hmm. And, like, the back of Barnes and Nobles and things like that. And I was like, Mom, can I have this $7 magazine? She's like, that magazine is $7. Are you out of your fucking mind? (laughs) I, I did a lot of goth shit. I just bought a whole heap of fucking makeup product and I just like did it every single fucking day but then like I I joined uh theater and they taught us like the basics how to's and you know I would figure out different makeup tricks I graduated high school via a GED and they just sent me on to uh was that the community college? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be an actor and they were like well, you're way better at costuming and makeup and I'm like, that's rude, but that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so you're largely self-taught then, which is pretty yeah. awesome. I, I mean, I, I went to um, beauty school, but even then they just gave you a picture, a, a face, and they're like, give us a fucking look. Right. Okay, so tell me about your stage makeup essentials. My stage makeup essentials. Hold on, I have... I have my stuff here. She brought a whole kit, y'all. She ready. (laughs) She ready. She ready. First of all, moisturizer. I can't. Oh, yes. No one ever thinks about moisturizer and they're like, why is my face peeling off? It's like, (laughs) well, you little reptilian. I can fucking guess. Yeah, when you're wearing a lot of makeup, you need to protect your skin. You need to create that moisture barrier because it's going to suck all the life out of your skin if you don't. So, my... Makeup essentials are normally a primer, which I use Smashbox, the mm-hmm. photo finish. Yeah. And then I do the Urban Decay Eyeshadow Primer Potion, but I use the anti-aging. Another thing that I use is the lash glue that comes in a, a paint pot. Yes, me too. Yeah. That... It's not the normal, the squeeze like, tube. the squeeze tube. Squeeze tube can go fuck it's itself. so messy. Get a contour palette. Yes. Two types of contour palette, actually. I have a cream one, and then I have a powder one. By NYX. I like their stuff. Yeah, and then I have MAC. Uh-huh. MAC is always a staple for the stage. Ben Nye is... Ben Nye is the best. Um, Mega Forever is another really great company. I would recommend them. Do you typically stick to palettes? I like palettes because I can put so many different colors in one small thing and it's very portable. Individual pots of things, I lose them and I... (laughs) You know what's good for individual pots of things is the Velcro. Oh, okay. Where you stick one side of the Velcro on it and then you stick another thing in Velcro and you stick it on a palette, which is really great for like the loose things Mm -hmm. that you were like must have yeah foundation Mm -hmm. liquid and then you need a setting powder Mm -hmm. well i usually do this the powder foundations over it okay for more coverage 
for more coverage. Do you use a setting spray? Yes, I do. I use a Fix Plus ah, setting mm-hmm, spray. Mm-hmm. And then yep. I do a, a random setting powder, like a trans. Mm-hmm. Like the white setting powder? Yeah. yeah. And for glitter... Because um, glitter is so important, always. <laughs> for glitter, I see a lot of people, like, they do things like, they buy all these expensive potion primers and things like that, and you really don't need to. And the same brush that you use for your uh, lashes. Mm-hmm. So the, the paint-on lash glue you can use as your glitter set. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's going to be a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. And if you want a smoother application, you might want to go for the MYX. Okay. Glitter primer. Okay. Yes. 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 I don't feel like a lot of... I always have... (laughs) One pair is never big enough for me. Lashes are like my favorite thing. When I put my lashes on, that's when I'm fucking ready. That's when it's going down. That's Lashes on, fucking let's go. Lashes are my favorite. So, yeah. Let's do it. I'm always, like, double pair of lashes. Although, I don't do bottom lashes very often. I see you do bottom lashes. They look great yeah. on you. I feel like my eyes are too small sometimes for bottom yeah. lashes. Yeah. I know. I should create a larger eye illusion. But I love it when I see um, a good bottom lash. I just yeah. haven't found one I really like yet for myself. I have to keep going. You have to. Well... I make my own bottom lashes. Okay. Yeah. I so do. you buy the individuals and then you know. Yeah. I buy a slight bottom lash and I glue lashes to that. Ah, okay. All right. So you start with a small base and then you just add on until, yeah. you, think, until you have the fullness that you want. Okay. That's a great idea to add on. I never thought to do that. I'll have to try that. Okay, and then next question. What are your essential makeup application brushes? First of all, you need a general um, shadow powder brush, Mm -hmm. which is like a subtle arch, but it's impacted still. Let me see if I can find my... I love your unicorn. Oh, they're mermaid tail brushes! She has these gorgeous mermaid tail brushes, you guys, and unicorn horns. So cute! It's this guy. Okay, so it's like the dome lash. It's like the dome lash one, and you have to make sure how much it picks up. Okay, so you want a tight, compacted brush for your eye makeup. Yeah, and you have to be able to pat it. Okay. Like, it's one of those, you pat it down. Uh Uh-huh. But you have to be able to... Is that an elf one? I think I have this one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That one's an elf. I love elf brushes. Oh, this one, which, which is actually another... Elf Professional Shadow by Elf. Mm-hmm. It's the same brush, but yeah. this one's actually a little bit better. Oh, it's a little softer. I feel that, yeah. But yeah. the same arch, highly compact brush. Mac has a bunch of these. Okay. And then I have this guy, which is a... An angled, an angled brush. Mm-hmm. It's like an angled shadow brush, which I use for the crease. Yeah. I use a blending brush. Okay. Which is normally like a dome, like a fluffy. That's fluffier, not as compact, more yeah, rounded. Yeah, and then you just kind of go right here and blend it all in together so and that it, blend it mixes all in yeah. together. To blend so you don't it. have those hard lines. There's a lot of hard lines yeah. going on. To yeah, brush. yeah, and not where there should be like homosexuality, <laughs> and, you know, like homophobia <laughs> and transphobia. Those are hard nose. 
<laughs> Those should be hard no's, and they're not. And But yet, there are so many hard lines on their faces. <laughs> Do you use a brush for your foundation, or are you a sponge girl? I am. I've never been a sponge girl. Mm-hmm. I'm a brush girl. Yes. Yeah. Is that like a stippling? Or is that just a foundation? A dual. It's, it's a dual brush. Okay. They call it like a dual bristle. Okay. Which is basically like it just gives you room in between the bristles. Okay. And it does a lot. Like It, it, probably, it, it picks more, up a lot of product, huh? It picks up a lot of product and it um, actually airbrush, it has an airbrush technique. So you swirl ah, it Ah, okay. And it just like... Yeah, gives you the flawless coverage. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And then I have the like, contour brushes. Mm-hmm. Which are... Are angled. Yeah. They're the angled... Um, they're Fluffy. Gonna, they're angled and fluffied, and they're going to give you that um, Sophia Loren type of quality mm-hmm. to your face, which is like the carve. Mm-hmm. Just carve it on out. You don't have to have it. You just need to carve it on out. Right, you need your to face is a canvas. You create the magic on your yeah, face. You, you create, create the, the cheekbones, and <laughs> yeah, you make it happen. <laughs> I have a highlight brush, mm-hmm. which I do a highlight stick, and then I do I like blend it out a little bit mm-hmm. with my fingers. Yeah, and then I just pop that highlight in with my brush. With your brush, yeah. What's your favorite highlighter? For right now. It's so shitty because it's, it's not even a highlighter that I can even use anymore. Because it's the MAC. Uh-huh. It, was, it was from the Star Trek. Oh. Yeah, and it was like this purpley, rose sort of Sounds beautiful. thing. And it was super gorgeous. For your unicorn rainbow for, world. Well, I mean, for my like little Mermaid unearthly. World. Yes. <laughs> like, like Gollum-esque type of. But pink. But pink, yeah. <laughs> You need a sweatshirt that says that. (laughs) Okay, now, what are the most common mistakes that folks make with stage makeup? Line your lip. Line your lip. Put your brows on. Put some powder on. Mm -hmm. And, like, put some lashes on. I mean, you're on stage. It's a performance. It's not your everyday makeup. It no. has to be more dramatic than that. But then also, like you said, even with the dramatic makeup, it still needs to be blended. You know, yeah. the hard lines, you know, where Unless everything... Unless you're Trixie fucking mantle, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. It's extra because it's for the stage. Yeah. But it's not... Paint for the back. Right. I feel like... But you're not painting for an opera stage, right? Like, if you're painting for an opera stage, then yes, the contour is visible and all that kind of stuff because people are sitting all the way up in balconies. So, you know. Some of those girls need to hear that. I don't see girls doing too much. I see girls doing the least. Yeah. Like, I threw glitter on my face. Congratulations. (laughs) Do you have any makeup artists that inspire you? Um, My friend, uh, Haley Johnson, is really inspiring because she's a youngin'. Mm -hmm. And she does some very inspiring special effects stuff that's not necessarily special effects in the way that like we think of like in like oh zombie blah blah, blah. right she does things like toxic waste mermaid oh, like cool. you know what i mean okay. like it's, it's that type of shit to where like fantasy kind of yes yeah, it's, it's kind of 
fancy makeup, but like it ties into like a poetry type of thing. Okay. And so you were talking about moisturizing and makeup removal. Uh So what are your big tips about moisturizing and makeup removal? So moisturizing is that you should not let your skin get Yes. (laughs) Moisturize your situation. (laughs) So what about makeup removal? Makeup removal, my favorite things is ponds. Cold cream. Uh, Cold cream. I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh my God, cold cream is not right for my skin. And I'm just like, I don't know what your skin is doing, but like, like how long are you leaving it on there? Like you're not supposed to leave cold cream on your skin. I put it on, I rub it in, I rinse it off my hands, I get, I fill the basin with hot water and then I dip the rag in and start with. So the time it takes me to wash it off my hands and put hot water in the sink so that I can yeah that as like, long as I leave it on. And it it takes a minute for the cold cream to do what it needs to do. The hot towel does the rest. Yeah. So it shouldn't be sitting on your skin for very long. And then I always follow up with a little bit of witch hazel to get any remnants yeah. off without stripping my skin. Put eye cream on. Then I put serum on. Then I put moisturizer. That's what I usually do. But I don't like using abrasive Product. products on my face yeah. because you don't want to strip all the moisture out of your skin you know what I mean like yeah it gets the makeup off but then it also takes all of the good stuff out of your skin and you don't want to do that be more gentle cold, with your face cold people cream. cold cream works cold cream the pond yeah is, it's good is, shit. that's my jam and it's not even expensive I think somebody gave me a jar of the bath and body you can make find more. it at the swap me okay yeah Someone gave me a jar of it, and that stuff is really nice, too. It works just like cold cream, but same thing, mm-hmm. cream to remove your makeup. Um, okay, so I guess that's it for all makeup questions. Do you have any further tips that you want to wanna throw out to the folks that you think they might need to know? Stack your lashes, powder your face, do your bath. There you go. Yes! Moving into our booked and busy segment, because we got shows, we got shows, we got shows. On 4-6, Sepia will be performing as the Fresh Face feature in the Vancouver International Burlesque Festival. So she is the Fresh Face feature for basically the world, because they have someone that's a Canadian, and then they have someone who's international. So um, this is a huge deal for her. So she will be an international traveling showgirl with the very first solo that she's ever choreographed for herself, which is Endangered Species. And that's just such a huge accomplishment. We're all so proud of her. Yay, Sepia. And then on the same day, I will be at the Hop at Queen Bee's which is Lola Demure's production. And then on the 14th, Sepia will be performing in Coco Lamour's production, Flaunt Burlesque at Queen Bee's. On 420, <laughs> I will be performing with Egypt Black Nile at Viva Las Vegas. If you are looking to see what we're up to, please check out the Booked and Busy section on our website, www.showgirlsundaydinner.com. Um, also, all the flyers for all of the upcoming shows will be listed there. And if you are looking to book CPRI, there's also information there about uh, booking us and how to get in touch with us for booking. And what do you have coming up, Miss Holiday? March 2nd 
Uh, Friday, we have the Family Jewels. Oh, yeah. Fun. Okay. Yeah. We have the Family Jewels on the uh, 2nd and 16th. And where is the Family Jewels located for everybody? The Family Jewels is located at uh, Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. And then we also have another Family Jewels show on the 26th at Flix. Ah, okay. So a new yeah. venue. Yes. yes. Okay. Awesome. So please come out and see Lily's shows. They're fantastic. They're such a good mix of all different types of talent um, and different types of acts. So always super eclectic, always super surprising. So make sure that you go out and support Lily Holiday and her Pink Boombox Productions because um, she's always, you know, making a way for all the showgirls in San Diego to make some dollars. And <laughs> that's always appreciated. Yes. So now we're going to move into our pasties and cake, which is our dessert portion of the show. I have two pasties and cake. The first pasties and cake is to all of the folks who have participated in the Showgirl Sensuality Challenge thus far. We have some amazing prizes that will be given away to the winner of the contest. Glitter Tribe Studios has been uh, generous enough to donate a class package and also just added Die Lovely will be adding uh, some traveling showgirl merchandise to uh, our little prize bag. Yeah. Right? So there's going to be tons of little goodies from us as well. So please, please, please make sure you enter that contest. Um, just go onto Instagram and post a uh, unedited video of yourself freestyling to whatever music you like. Just make sure that you at us. So tag at Showgirl Sunday Dinner. And then take about five or ten minutes to just kind of appreciate yourself in the mirror. And you can make a second post or add it to your video post. Just list, you know, three, four, five things about your body that you're proud of. And again, tag us at Showgirl Sunday Dinner to enter the challenge. Pearl, we're looking for you. Please enter. So yeah, get in on that. And then also want to put some feelers out to you guys. I have a fitness class that I teach called TLC, thighs, legs, and cakes. (laughs) A couple people have been asking me about training and things of that nature. And I haven't trained clients in a while, but I'm thinking about possibly doing a workshop for uh, my thighs, legs, and cakes routine. So if anybody is interested in doing that, please let me know and I will look into uh, booking some space to do a workshop. But just wanted to put feelers out. A few people have asked me about it. Just wanted to see what the interest was here in San Diego. My pasties and cake is my sparkle and shine. Oh, okay. Lily Holiday. (laughs) I would not be here talking about my journey as a burlesque performer. I wouldn't be at any of these other shows because I wouldn't have any shows to say, oh, well, no, I performed at this show. So you gave me my start. And I am so grateful, Lily. Aww. Aww, I am. That's so funny. Uh, no, really, that actually means the world to me because I, I honestly, like, I do wake up a lot of days like, fuck what am I doing this for like especially like right now like well no there's point because you gave me a chance and there's some other performers that you gave yeah tons of people a a chance on their career I was scared I was nervous I wasn't really talking to anybody but you were just so kind and warm and everyone there just don't give that out to the general public (laughs) (laughs) it was just because it was me. I am my 
normal reptilian self. <laughs> I feel like my pasties and cake shout out would be to the staff and uh, management of Gossip Girl for being amazing. For yes. For the past three years, they've been super, super supportive. And I feel like I will miss performing for them, but they gave me an amazing stepping stone to do what I need to do. Thank you guys also very much for um, dining and dishing with us today. We have one more episode in our act development series, and that episode is going to be about hair for burlesque. And we're also going to be concentrating and focusing on black women with natural hair in the burlesque world. So if you know someone who specializes in that, please have them reach out to us. We look forward to seeing you all again next week. Thank you so very much. We love you. Bye. Thank you all for joining us this evening. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Showgirl Sunday Dinner and on Twitter at SG Sunday Dinner. Use the hashtags hashtag Showgirl Sunday Dinner or hashtag SGSD so we can follow all the social media conversations happening in between meals. Visit our website at www.showgirlsundaydinner.com for more information on the showgirls, our upcoming performances, and booking inquiries. You can also always email us at showgirlsundaydinner at gmail.com with questions, tips, advice requests, recipes, suggestions, advertising, and our booking inquiries. Showgirl Sunday Dinner will drop every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it will be available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Please share us with all of your friends on social media and leave a like, comment, and or five-star review while you're listening. We hope that you are all full and satisfied. Stay sparkly, and we look forward to glitter and dinner with you all next week on Showgirl Sunday Dinner!